This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Good evening, everyone. It is Thanksgiving Eve, November 27th, 2019. And I think the Sharks were already thinking about the turkey and the stuffing. They lose 5-1 to one to the Winnipeg Jets. Welcome to Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks postgame. We do this after every single San Jose Sharks game. So, of course, if you want to be a part of the show, here's how you do it. Join us with fellow Sharks fans uh, in the YouTube chat on the page or the app. And, of course, don't forget to follow us on the social. And if you miss anything, just check us out on the uh on the uh, podcast and audio section of your favorite podcatcher. So there you go. With me tonight, it is the angry Canadian robot, Ian Reid. Hello, hello. We're here. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's Let the get... massacre begin. I'll trade everybody, right? Uh, we got to fire them first. Yes. Uh, Sharks coming into this one, 9-1-0 in the last 10 Winnipeg on a great run themselves at 8-2-1. The uh, Sharks have had six one-goal wins in this one, and including winning the last three in overtime. But you know what? That's why they play the game, folks. You know, it's going to be a good one against Winnipeg either way. So the West Side Story Series game number two. Early on, Wheeler takes a holding call uh, at the minute 26. And it sets up a theme where the Sharks don't do much on this power play against the 29th best PK in the league again. Yeah, I mean, the team just looked disjointed tonight, and this power play was certainly a sign of things to come. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't good, but I can't really tell you what in this game was good. That's, you know, that's the unfortunate. That's going to be the theme of the evening, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, sadly. Um <laughs> I, I like that Hand, Andy man henceforth PDB shall be referred to as Pete the goober because dude has coached too long to be making these idiotic short sighted rookie coaching mistakes. Ouch. Uh, well, you know what? And God, I can't believe I'm actually, I'm not going to defend Peter DeBoer here, but um, the front office is really hamstrung him. Like I, I have my issues with Peter DeBoer and I've made them known a hundred million trillion zillion times. So I'm not going to rehash them because they don't need to be rehashed. But this, I mean, Tomas Hurdle goes down and that's, I mean, that's been a, a huge problem. And the fact that they've done as well without Hurdle until this point as they have is pretty damn good because um, I mean, they're just, they're so hamstrung by all these, these contracts. They have no cap space. They have no depth. Um, Joe Thornton hasn't been the player that we, that he was even last year. Right. At any point. Um, I, I mean, you're, you're playing with what five NHL forwards at this point and a bunch of guys that may or may not be NHL forwards. Right. Like what the hell's Peter DeBoer supposed to do? I'm not a Peter DeBoer guy, but at this point, I don't know what the hell he's supposed to do because he doesn't have the tools and that directly falls on the front office. Uh, absolutely. Jerry, in the chat is uh, echoing what Petey Rebord, uh said uh, earlier this morning. The power play is least of my concerns. Well, obviously. Um, yeah, the power play took a big hit tonight. Uh, but Felix Chow, super chat donation. Thank you very much, Felix, even though you kind of work for us. <laughs> but we appreciate it all. The money that you, that gets donated goes back to help support the show and the website. So we appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving to all. Want to extend my love and appreciation to everyone, especially to Laurel. We love you and we're with you all the way. That's true. Also, I would also like to. Um, yes. Also, I'd like to wish you all a happy Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Well, moving along. Uh, at six thirty-seven, Shimmick takes an interference call. Uh, Shimmick starting to roll up the penalty minutes a bit too, uh, which which is starting to get concerning. Uh, Winnipeg wouldn't do much, but. 
little less than a minute right after that, Melker Carlson gets his fourth on a nice feed from Joe Thornton and Mario Ferraro to make it one nothing Sharks. The Milkman delivering once again, Ian. Yeah, it was a nice little goal. I mean, uh, I said I think I tweeted like Melker found his NOS kit because like he just that little burst of speed that he got there for a second was just. Um, that's the only thing I could think of is like. Like he like burned some NOS and just like, gone. Um, yeah, it was a nice goal. And uh, even though that things weren't going the Sharks' way, you thought at that point, well, maybe they, you know, maybe they eke another one out. And uh, we were so wrong at that point. But um, <laughs> that was kind of the thought I had at that point, right? Like, uh, it, it's, you know, it was a, it was a bright spot. You thought maybe they're gonna eke this out, um, but. Ugh, ugh. <laughs> And then the rest of the game happened. Uh, just another Randy G, another super chat donation. Thank you so much. Even though this game sucked, I'm thankful for the Sharks and the community we have to discuss games through good times and bad. Thank you, Randy. Yeah, uh, I appreciate it immensely. Uh, and uh, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button, that like button as well, and that notification bell. That tells you when we go on the air. Uh, and we do this after every single game, so we appreciate each and every one of you very much so sharks get on the board make it one nothing and then a minute after that morrissey goes in for probably the closest puck over glass penalties i've seen uh tonight uh or any time for that matter and of course the sharks don't do anything I, i don't even think they got a chance to set up on this one um and it was a it was a tough one and uh sure enough Right after that, Meyer takes a tripping call and sets up Patrick Line on the power play to make it 1-1. That was a nice shot, but I don't know how that pass makes it like to Line A. So credit to the, I mean credit to the Jets because that pass should never have gotten there, and maybe that's you know credit to the Jets' detriment to the the Sharks' defense. I know Rob in the chat saying Carlson was a minus four tonight. I I mean I'm sure everyone was a minus tonight because <laughs> they were abysmally terrible. Like, yeah. um. This is I, I hate saying like disinterested, but they that I mean that's the way they looked, right? Like it was brutal. Like um, you know, it was a nice shot by line A for sure. Um he should have never been that open. That pass should never have made it through. Um, but it did, and that's what happens when you do. Uh Aaron Dell, not a whole lot you can do there. You have to respect the shot from the bad angle. So he's he there's yeah. not really much he can do to um cut the angle down on that. And if you're gonna let pucks go to open guys on the other side of, you know, on the other face off circle, there's not much he can do. He can't come out to chat like there's no time to come out and challenge that shot. He just leaves a whole lot of net open. Um defense completely let him down, hung him down to hang him out to try and uh I you know, he, he gave it a go and it didn't work out and you know, two one jets. Yep. And that cost them in the in there and uh you know, David Gustafson, as you say, uh made it two one. Uh with his first NHL goal it was a nice shot too and oh, my yes, God. line I was first in the yeah, okay, whatever. Right. I don't care. I, you know what? I lost track because this game was so terrible. I I, <laughs> out, like, I remember I said in a tweet like it was like Hey, what about this thing that happened in the second? And, and sure enough, it happened on the show for real. I'm just like, what? I was actually supposed to be paying attention to this thing at this point. Well, no one... it was it was all just a you know a cluster f after that. I mean, yeah. you know, Liner gets at 13:15, and then at 18:09, Gustafson, congratulations, you became the 103rd player to score their first NHL goal against the Sharks. And yes, when looking that up, uh, not even close to. Uh, to being the team on top, I think the team on top has 114. So, uh, you know, and they've probably been in the league a lot longer than the Sharks. Right. Uh, Andy Mann saying only Dylan, Melker, Jumbo were a plus. Gambrell, Goody, Suomela, uh, Heed, and Shimmick were even tonight. Uh, everybody else was either minus or a really big minus. Like, uh, yeah, I think we saw, uh, I think, uh, our our own AJ, who's helping us out tonight, said that Couture and EK65 were a minus four in this this one. But uh, yeah, I mean, but it was just such a abysmal like we could center people out and get really angry at them, and I understand the desire for that. Um, but I mean, the the team was just such a tire fire tonight. Like I I I'm trying to find you know just 
things that aren't going to get me in trouble to describe this team right now. Um, like, yeah, obviously those players are supposed to be your best players and they need to be better, but dude, man, this team was just brutal tonight. I just, I don't, I mean, and, and not to make any excuses either though, Ian, I mean, you're, you're going through a stretch where they're playing essentially every other day. And now you're going into this weekend where you're going to be playing an awkward 1 p.m. start on Friday mm-hmm. against Los Angeles. And then you're going to a 5 p.m. start against the Desert Dogs. So, I mean, was it five games and seven nights in this stretch? And they let me make and, one. Let me make one observation. Five games, nine days. Mm-hmm. Last three go to overtime. You've yep. been without hurdle for four games. You're rolling yep. 7D. You're leading the league in penalties. This caught up with them. It was bound to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think... Absolutely. And for me, a guy who normally goes out of his way to defend the referees, sometimes it feels like on this show, but there's been a lot of penalties on the Sharks in this stretch where I'm just like, really? That's a call? And then nothing yeah. goes the other way? Like, and, and this is coming from a guy who, if you've watched this show for a long time... I am not the guy that usually jumps all over the referees, but even like I have to admit at this point, I can't defend this officiating. The Sharks have been not, not, I'm not saying they're completely, they played a perfect game and they haven't deserved some penalties, but the number of penalties and the softness of some of these calls is frustrating to watch. And that's yep. coming from a guy who normally bends over backwards to defend the refs on this show. Yeah. And I, I think I mentioned it in the last game. I think it was like 23 to 12 uh, were over the last five, five, six games. And, and tonight, uh, well, now they changed the graphic to 0, 0 for 6. But mm-hmm. uh, for the Sharks, but I mean, you're looking at 26 to 18, 19 chances. Uh, I mean, and, and of course... You know, it, it doesn't help things at all uh, in, in the sense that we have a penalty shot, which I thought was probably, you know, softer than Mr. Softy, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion, or or the non-call as Roslovic gets out of the penalty box, you know. and Yeah, and, and, and the other thing, too, I think that you have to keep in mind also is that when you've got guys that are playing tired, tired people make mistakes. Yep. Um, and that's, you know, and obviously, look, the, the Sharks with the way they've deploying their lineups right now. Um, and you can argue that maybe X, Y, Z guy on the Barracuda should be playing instead of having seven defensemen or whatever the hell you're going to argue. Um, without Hurdle, this team is in a ton of trouble. And the fact that there's not really been a lot of talk about what the injury is, it's just game, game, game. Like, I am very nervous because of the way this team communicates injuries to us that we're just going to be sitting here until the middle of February going, Oh yeah. Hurdle stole day to day before, yeah. before we find out like he's done for the season or something stupid. Right. Exactly. Um, so I, I it, look at if hurdles not back soon, this team is in serious trouble because a hurdles, the engine on this team. Um, you definitely, you notice hurdle not being there. I think some of the guys have been able to, in some of the wins have been able to cover for that, but again, you know, like AJ said earlier, this was going to catch up to them eventually. It was only a matter of time. And we even talked about the defense, too, with with EK65 and Burns so early in the season going over 25 minutes. Uh, It was just, you know, it's going to catch up, and you don't want it to catch up this early. Uh, But we're getting some comments uh, out of the locker room here. DeBoer on the fatigue factor tonight. Quote, we were lifeless, so I don't know what the answer is. We've got a lot of hockey left to play over the next two, three weeks. I hope it's not fatigue, but if it is, uh, we've got to rebound because you get what you earn in this league. I don't know about you, but I always enjoy it when my coach says, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, that's, that is not a great sign. Uh, you, well, what's he supposed to do? Is he supposed to bury the front office? for? I mean, he's kind of taken subtle. He's He's very subtly commented on the lack of tools in his toolbox. I, I mean, and like you said, the their hands are tied. I mean, yes. PDB has only can do so much. For that matter, Doug Wilson, who put it in the into this mess, his hands are tied too. 
I mean, you well, really you, he, I mean, but he tied his own hands. Like, right. I'm not going to, I'm not pouring one out for Doug Wilson because he decided that he was going to put a bajillion. And I'm not saying like, I'm against, this isn't against Eric Carlson. This is just a overall look at the team. So before everyone jumps on me, you have, you know, how much money is tied up on that blue line and it's cost you because you have no depth. You know, the guys, everyone's talking about this right now. Kurz did an article about it, everything else. Right. The guys that were supposed to be there on the Barracuda that were supposed to take jobs haven't done it. Um, right. Now, you can argue you can argue whether that's Peter DeBoer's fault. They haven't done it or whatever. I would hear those arguments. But the reality of the situation is they don't have, Peter DeBoer is not happy with the tools that he has been given, period. And regardless of what you feel about Peter DeBoer, this trend can't continue with playing 11 forwards and it's just it it can't something has to give and the problem is you have no cap space people are saying oh well you know sign this guy sign that guy you don't have the cap space to sign this guy sign that guy because the second hurdle's healthy again guess what you're back at zero basically all right guys hear me out next game 11 defensemen seven forwards do it (laughs) jones to center Burns to goalie, <laughs> Couture to defense. Hey, he he does work the point on the power play. I mean, why not, right? Uh, geez, let's see what else we got. Uh, uh, Anthony's or there we go, Andy Man. Uh, to hear him say he's not sure what the answer is, and he hopes the guys aren't tired. That's seriously concerning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, you want your coach not to be an oblivious moron. <laughs> I, I don't know how to i don't know how to more politely say that right like mm-hmm. what like yeah obviously you hope your coach isn't an oblivious moron um and sometimes you feel like he is and other times i just don't know i don't know that's the problem laurel in in the chat 1.4k have viewed that 10 second clip of the ref pushing lebank to the ice at 507 the first what the f was that okay uh, here's where i defend the refs Players backing into me, I, you know, obviously, I don't think it, he intended to push him that hard. It was more of like, hey, I'm here. Don't crash me. Don't, you know, don't put me into the boards with your ass. Like, got to be safe, right? And obviously, player didn't realize the ref was there. Ref probably panicked. I, it's, yeah, it sucks. The optics of it aren't great. But that, to me, is a ref saying, hey, please don't put me into the boards with your ass. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Second period, the 329 Shifley from Connor and Line make it 3 1. Uh, Gambrell goes off for slashing. Um, and just out of, just right after he gets out, Roslovic takes a roughing call that sets up a Sharks power play, which didn't do anything. There's where the uh, questionable call doesn't get called. Roslovic comes. And what Ian is really saying is the officials would prefer if you did not back that ass up. Right. No Bernsey buck check for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, can we talk about the Timo Meyer hip check tonight? Oh, yes, two minutes for hip checking. Oh God. Like and that there there and that's a perfect example of what I was talking about with some of the calls exactly. that are just so soft where you're just like, What in the hell was that? I didn't know you can play footsies and hip check and then everybody gets in all in butt hurt mode. I mean, that yeah. just seems ridiculous. I want to address something in the chat quick. Uh, Anthony Before. Sanchez asking, uh, if Hurdle's injured, why not put him on the LTIR? Problem is, is if you put a player on the IR, um, you it, they have to be on the IR for a period of time. So what will happen is you'll see sometimes when a player ends up being out as long as they could be on the IR, they will get retroactively put on the IR, um, and then they can save some cap space that way. But obviously... He's in a spot where he's been just day to day to day to day, which is what the Sharks do. Um, if they put him on the LTR, it would, it would preclude him from being able to come back into the lineup until a certain period of time, depending on that back date that they retroactively put him onto it for. So um, as much as I complain about the Sharks going, you know, day to day to day to day. Oh, it's February. Um it is what it is. Yeah. It should also be mentioned that Hurdle did uh, skate this morning with the team. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, he's probably closer to being back than I'm probably being a little melodramatic about it. But um, that you, you don't want to put a player on the IR unless you know he's going to be out for that specific time span. Right. Uh, Rob, I've been saying you can't play seven D-men in a back-to-back. You're just going to wear your team out. I mean, if this team makes the playoffs, you, you do not want them dragging their feet in round one. You know, oh, uh, I don't know. I thought, let, let, let's not even like uh, this. No, I'm just saying fatigue oh, down the road. That's all. Hang on. I'm not trying to get and get that. I'm just saying down the road. Yes. Down yeah, the road. That's, yeah, that's all. Uh, let, I mean, thank God the Sharks are in the Pacific Division because like we we could realistically talk about playoffs with how wide open the stupid division is because it's so bad. Um, but I mean, I just man, the Sharks have bigger problems right now than to worry about potential playoffs down the road. Right. Uh, I'm typically not a grammar Nazi, but Rob, uh, you've misspelled waiver wire. <laughs> uh, I see what you're saying. Gotcha. Uh, moving onward, uh, Botetto takes a interference call, uh, which I think was more more obvious than than the the tripping or interference that they called on Meyer earlier in the game. Again, sharks don't do anything on that. They go into the third period. Dylan gets I, – I didn't know you can just wave your stick in, near a guy and that gets you a penalty shot now. Uh, he gets called for a hooking. I didn't like that call at all. No, That was like awful. I thought, I thought maybe a hooking penalty. Like if you want to call that hooking, sure. But a penalty shot, dear God. Yeah. Dear God. And that sets up a Roslovic penalty shot, which uh, Christian Erhoff would have been proud of the shot attempt. You know, so – you might yeah. have filed a trademark claim. No, boy. <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, terrible. Pionk would go off for interference at, at 7.03. Again, the Sharks don't do anything. Can we just and, fast forward to when Peter DeBoer pulls the goalie? I, that's where I was getting at. We're at 14.32 <laughs> with five minutes and 28 seconds left. Peter DeBoer says, hmm, why not? I'll go full Patrick Waugh. Pulls the goalie down by three, and then, of course, 11 seconds later, Kyle Connor buries the empty net like that. They yeah, I don't not. I don't know what he was doing. there. Like, the team really wasn't showing enough jam where I think that's going to change momentum. I mean, I guess you got to try something. It, what did they have to lose at that point, right? True, but... but at the same time, it's, it's it looks completely ridiculous, and... Um, I just kind of laugh. Like I, I, I guess Peter DeBoer maybe for a second forgot it was the NHL and maybe thought, hey, if they get five, we can get the mercy rule and just end this game. Either that, or or the coach is at its wit's end. If he if he doesn't know what if he's saying, I'm not sure what we can do, or power play is in concern, or hmm, I'll just oh, give I mean, my, give, you know, the only pull the, the play only three goal. Down. The only goal that I really put on Dell was the one that he just didn't glove. Other than that, I don't think he had a great. I'm not. I'm not. Don't at me and tell me how I think Aaron Dell had a great game. He didn't have a great game, but the only goal I really fault him for was the one that popped out of his glove and one in the net. Um, so I don't know. I mean, if it was, you know, if if he was terrible, maybe he was just making a point that look, we don't even need a goalie. I you know, don't know. You know what the problem is? It was one time a coach made the decision to pull the goalie insanely early, and it worked one time. And everybody's yep. going to go back to that as their defense. It's a freaking copycat. A lot lately. Like uh, the pulling the goalie to get that extra goal. I feel like I've seen it a lot, like in the last couple of weeks. But I mean, at the you know, these are one goal games, not um, whatever. Uh, Anthony Sanchez in the chat. Why is Radil still on the roster if he's a healthy scratch? Why is Gregor called up if he isn't getting ice time? Wouldn't it benefit Gregor more to practice with the CUDA? Because this team is broken from top to bottom. No, look, I mean, yeah, again, um, this is a... This is something that I've harked back on a lot. Obviously, look at... I don't... I think Radil's a guy. I, I... He's interchangeable. Um, I, I liked what I saw from Noah Gregor and what little we have seen of him. Um, obviously, Peter DeBoer doesn't feel the same way, uh, and that's unfortunate. I I don't know. Like I just 
I wish I could give you a logical answer. Yeah. And it just, I can't. Yeah. Just another Randy G. Um, I'll disagree with Ian here. I think Dell that this was a good game for what he is. I mean, for, I, I guess, I mean, I don't think he was again. You're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm, I'm being a little critical here, but at this, like, it's hard because the whole team was garbage in front of him. So maybe I am, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to say he had a great, I don't think he had a great game. I, he had an okay game. I mean, it wasn't his game that he played against Montreal or it wasn't the game he played a couple nights ago. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, we can, we can split hairs on Aaron Dell here. I, I, the whole team wasn't really great. I don't think he was fantastic. I thought he made some nice saves, but um, he didn't, he, he wasn't on the verge of stealing the game either. I don't think, you know what I mean? Like for me to, to, to give a, a goalie on when you have a, a, an effort like this to say it's a great game, like you have to be in a position to maybe steal the game. Aaron Dell wasn't in a position to steal this game. And, and that could be splitting hairs. And I understand that, you know, we're allowed to disagree with each other. Absolutely. Uh, Brandon Armstrong, good evening to you uh, from, I guess, from Winnipeg. Appreciate your support there. Um, you know, the the concern we I thought was the power play going into tonight. PDB didn't think so. Take a look at what's happened over the last six games. And I put this together specifically to show, you know, when the last time they, they scored a power play goal was against Detroit on the 16th. Winnipeg, they well, they changed it from 0 for 7, now it's 0 for 6. LA, they were 0 for 2. Islanders, 0 for 1. 0 for 2 against Las Vegas. 0 for 2 against Edmonton. 1 for 3 against Detroit. First off, they're not drawing as many penalties no. as they're completely getting owned. But going 1 for 16 on the power play, and you're not concerned? Well, I, you don't have Hurdle in the lineup, though, for half of those games. Like, so what, Hurdle's we're, supposed to, I mean, we're supposed to just say, well, okay, we're okay then. You know? No, I, I I don't think you just, but I think you could, I mean, Hurdle's like Hurdle's a big driver on this team. Hurdle drives a lot of play. Uh, Hurdle's the engine of this team. So I, I think that, well, I'm not saying that they should just, you know, be like, well, we don't have Hurdle, F it, we're done. Uh, I, I still think that it does need to be stated. Like it cannot be stated enough that, that not having Tomas Hurdle right now is obviously going to have a big impact on those numbers. Right. And, and that's definitely something to talk about is that, yeah, you're missing hurdle, but you also have a lot of other guys that can, then can do take they go, do they? Well, they, and, they have five well, NHL forwards and well, a mean, bunch of guys. Well, Evander Kane was on, on, a, on a power play fire uh, early in the season. And that's sure. cool. And now he's bit. getting double shifted with Timo Meyer. Like that's true. Like, you know, you, you you can't, it's, it's easy to look at things like this in a bubble, but there's, there's a lot of factors playing into it. You've got Timo Meyer and Evander Kane getting double shifted, uh, to make up for hurdle being gone. And the fact that they're not dressing enough forwards to ice four lines, um, you completely, know, I, I, add up. I completely agree with you Ian, on that, you know, that the, these guys are getting tired and it's going to, it's starting to show and it's not supposed to start to show late November. Well, so. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Look at the power play being predictable. Look at we can, we can, we can hammer. I mean, we can, we can hammer on the power play. I still think though, when you've got guys that are clearly playing tired, you've got, you know, uh, you got players that aren't there. Look, it's not like this. If the power play was the same whole year, then, then great. But obviously they're, they have had success on the power play with a full lineup and it's no coincidence that it's died off. Uh, in the last few games, considering everything that's happened with whether it be the penalty kill, whether it be the fact that they're only dressing 11 forwards for whatever reason, you know, like just the stupid stuff that's going on. Yeah. Uh, final stats on the night. Uh, Sharks 33-26 in shots. Uh, faceoffs were even. Uh, Winnipeg goes one for three on the power play uh, for a team that's uh, 24th in the league. Uh, just another Randy G nine and 28 look gas this game completely agree. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, everyone looked gas this game, but, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, look at there's obviously you can't double shift guys for multiple games in a row when you're playing this many games in this little time and just expect everything to run smoothly and everything's going to be fantastic. Yep. 
Uh, Sharks go 0 for 6 on the power play tonight when they generated six chances on that. Uh, combined 52 penalty minutes overall. Giveaways were even blocked 17 to 5 in favor of Winnipeg in this one. Uh, time on ice wise was, you know, pretty pretty solid. I mean, Barkley Goodrow 11:15 is is the least uh, of your worries. Ante Sumuela, you know, gets. Uh, Twelve twenty-seven. I mean, that's that's quite interesting in that. Well, same thing with everyone looks as bad as they did. I mean, you have no point. I mean, especially when in a once you're losing like this, I think it becomes very easy to just just throw people over the bench. Yeah, uh, Annie Man mentioning guys with six plus minutes of power play time tonight: Couture over seven, Kane over seven, LeBanc over six, Wire over six, Ek sixty-five over six, Burns with eight. You know, just so many chances and yep. just not a whole lot. And in in a few of those power plays looked pretty bad. Oh, they're just terrible. I mean, you saw Couture win the faceoff and then immediately send it down to his own end for just no reason at all. Right. Um, and then they can't retake the zone after that. I, and that was the that was the thing that the Jets did really well was uh, on the penalty kill, which, you know, again, the, by the numbers, this penalty kill shouldn't be this good. Um, the Sharks had so much trouble just getting into the zone. Forget you want to talk about, you know, the predictable I pass, you pass, I pass, I pass, you shoot. Um, hell, you know, a lot of the time the Sharks couldn't even get to that point because they couldn't even get into the zone uh, and even remotely set up. Yeah. I would like to offer you guys a visual representation. Oh, tonight, the part of the Sharks power play wanting to get into the game will be played by Brody Brazil. Scott Hannon and Curtis Brown will be, be playing every other NHL team. And here we go. Damn. <laughs> Brody damn. gets no love, except for when he's on with us. <laughs> so, Brody, if you're watching... If you want some love, you know, you want that fist bump, you know, you know where to find us. Just just put it out there. Yeah. So, uh, here, here's an interesting stat with this loss. The Sharks are 9-2-1 when scoring first. They are 0-11 after trailing after one period. Very interesting stats there. Uh, John John, super chat donation, gobble gobble to this turkey of a game. Yeah, word. No kidding. Indeed. Word. Uh, so with that, gentlemen, is it time? Sure. All right. I don't want to do it. No, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> For the love of God, give this guy a goddamn reach rent. I forgot how it goes. That's all right. <laughs> that or, or as I like to call this segment, what you should have watched instead of this game. Oh, <laughs> me likey. With have the that, goddamn common courtesy to give him a reach around. There we go. But it's wrap around. Uh, so if you would like to watch a team in Teal do something, well, the Barracuda played earlier tonight against the San Diego Goals. Uh, didn't start out too well. Uh, they were down one nothing with Chris Weidman. Uh, scoring a goal for the San Diego goals. Uh, second period, Johnny Bronzinski ties it up on assist from Alexander True and Joachim Blickfeld to, to make it 1-1. Uh, the goals would tie it up or give lead five minutes later. And then Edvin Winger uh, gets his fifth with 3.27 to play to tie it up. And Jaden Helgewatz, yes, we finally figured out how to pronounce his name. His fourth of the season, he gets the game-winning goal. The coup to win 3-2, to two, outshooting the goals 41-16 to 16 in this one tonight. Uh, so what's so, up? Give him some. Ooh, Barracuda! So some love to the CUDA. Uh... They play Friday night, if I'm not mistaken, so you can have a double header of Black Friday madness at the Shark Tank. 
Not only uh, Friday night, but that is also the first of three bobbleheads. Friday, 6 p.m., that bobblehead will feature Timo Meyer and Aaron Dell. So, yes, that is a Black Friday game. So come out, check out the boys versus Bakersfield, 6 p.m. And you can get your tickets at sjbarracuda.com for that one. Uh, let's get to the NHL um, wraparound here. Flames win in overtime 3-2. to two. Lindholm, his 12th of the season at 117, gets the victory for Calgary. That doesn't help the Sharks at all, right? Nope. Uh, in Ottawa, Brad Marchand and Zdeno Chara get the two goals in the third period to give the Bruins a 2-1 victory over the Senators in that one. Uh, in Detroit, it was a um, goal bonanza for the Leafs in the first two periods. They win 6 nothing. Uh, John Tavares gets his seventh. Tyson Berry on a three-game goal-scoring streak in this one. Uh, at one in the second period of this game, they were out shooting Detroit twenty-four to four, which Yikes. was bad. And in fact, Jimmy Howard uh, was was out of this game, and Jonathan Bernier, who was apparently sick with the flu, had to come in and finish it. So great break for the Cuda to get their victory tonight. That's terrific. In uh, Tampa Bay, the Stanley Cup champions take down the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-3. to Braden Shen with the eventual game-winning goal on the power play, his 13th of the season. Oscar Sundquist hmm, gets two, uh, two goals in the second in the winning cause. Vasilevsky takes the loss. Uh, in Manhattan, the Rangers beat the Hurricanes 3-2. to Zabinijad, Smith, and Fox get the goals uh, all in the third in the first period excuse me for the uh, rangers the hurricanes had two goals in the second to make it interesting but nothing gets by king lundquist in the third to make it that so ian mm-hmm. if i were to tell you with about 13 minutes to go in the in a game vancouver would be up six three i you would you would think well that's probably pretty good you that's- know Generally pretty good, yeah. You know, two goals from JT Miller, you know. Oh man, that's turned out to be such a such a deal. Um, I pretty sure I bagged on that trade when it happened because uh, of the cost. And oh man, that that is a uh, I, I I get things wrong on occasion, and uh, that was one of the things I got wrong. Also, I thought the New Jersey Devils would be good, and I don't know why I thought that. I am an idiot. Uh, to address the dead air comments. Uh, I was muted when I talked about the Barracuda. So to recap, prior to Hobgawak's scoring the winning goal in overtime, they actually had to stop the play and let San Diego get a review because it appeared that prior to Hobgawak's getting the winner, it looked like San Diego put one underneath the pipe. But alas, it did not happen. Gotcha. Now let's Thank talk you. about Yevgeny Malkin scoring from sitting on his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so... JT Miller and Adam Gadek get two goals each for Vancouver to make it 6-3. And then Pittsburgh decide, oh, we'll make it a game. Uh, Malkin gets two goals. Latang gets the eventual game winner. I mean, Malkin's score is probably one of the craziest empty netters I've ever seen. And the Penguins win 8-6 after trailing 6-3 with about 13 minutes ago in the game. Craziness going on there. And can we talk for a hot second about what a cool dude uh, Elias Patterson is? Did you go ahead? Did you? I don't know if you guys saw the story <clears throat> during warmups. Uh, an errant puck that he had shot or whatever flipped out and hit somebody in the crowd. And uh, Elias, Elias, however you want to say it, goes over to the bench, grabs a brand new Vancouver hat writes sorry for sorry about the puck and then signs his name and throws it over the glass to the person who was hit not only did vancouver uh tweet out video of uh Pedersen doing this but then they also retweeted the person who was took a shot of themselves holding the cap at the game so just a cool incident wow. you know something something a little a little something for your thanksgiving to give you the feels 
Yeah, I mean, uh, and God, you know, if if hockey needed something like that, God, do they need it this week? No, no kidding. Capitals, <laughs> yeah, jeez. Uh, Capitals win four to three over the Panthers. Sergey Poprovsky uh, takes the loss for that one. Former Shark Mike Hoffman gets his tenth goal this season. Just uh, think that contract's still in its first year. <laughs> Goddamn. Uh, Ovechkin gets his 16th of the season in that one. Uh, in Columbus, the Blue Jackets lose to the Flyers 3-2. to two. Claude Giroux with the game-winning goal in that one. Uh, and, of course, because they somehow find a way, if the refs don't hand it to them, the Golden Knights tied the game with .3 seconds left, thanks to Max Pacioretty. And, of course... What happens? Sure enough, Peter Stastny gets the overtime winner to give the Vegas Golden Knights a 4-3 overtime victory over the Nashville Predators. Now, look, so weird things are going to happen from time to time. Giving up one with .03 seconds left is very difficult, but Nashville did not look good in that overtime, and the 2-on-0 that they coughed up, it was it wasn't good. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It is what it is. I mean, boo Vegas, you know, but uh, this stuff happens. And if they, yep. you know, if you don't play, you, well, you guys watch the game tonight. I don't need to tell you what happens when you don't play <laughs> in a period or a game or pretty stretch of time. Uh, you guys watch the game tonight. I don't have to tell you. Uh, the Desert Dogs continue to do it again. They win four to three over the Anaheim Ducks. Christian Dvorak with two goals. Darcy Kentberg. Stops more pucks than John Gibson did in the shootout, and he and the Coyotes now are at 33 points on the campaign. The Ducks sit at 11, 11, and four. The Colorado Avalanche win four to one over the Edmonton Oilers. Kyra with the only goal for the Oilers there. Long Beach native and former Shark Matt Nieto with his fifth of the season uh, to help things get going. Nathan McKinnon gets his. Do you know 15. who assisted on that? Would that be Jonas Donskoy? Ah, you know it. Oh! Let's also talk about the fact that the Avalanche scored those three goals in the third all within two and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah, the Oilers, um, they had, like, I mean, one guy got hit and then the, Larson went over and got himself ejected. So basically the Oilers lost two defensemen of their six in the span of a play. And I think you guys missed the obvious pun from the Nashville game, mm. which would be did did you see that? Because you see didn't. <laughs> you see didn't. Oh, Just rough game for for Saros because Saros had actually um, had come on a little bit of late after a pretty rough start. So um, unfortunate game for him. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about the utter collapse of the New York Islanders in the state of California. <laughs> Yeah, they go 0-2-1 in the California uh, games. They lose to the Los Angeles Kings 4-1. to Dustin Brown scores again. That mm, want to just buckle his effing knees. But, uh, Carter, Roy, and Ayafalo get, get the goals for that one. Broussard, the only goal scorer for the Islanders. Uh, not, not pretty. Not pretty at all. Felix, question for Ian Puckey and H.J., Top five Sharks moments this decade. Well, I, I it, for me, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm probably going to go with, um, you know, going to the final, obviously. Yeah. Um, jumbo slide. Mm -hmm. Jumbo slide's a goodie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I can't lie. I, I still get a huge kick out of Mike Hoffman banner. <laughs> yes <laughs> i thought that was great um and uh, honestly you know I'm, I'm gonna pull out a couple that, that tugs at the heartstrings uh but they're just recently memorable to me uh the aqua one of the best acquisitions the sharks have ever had in uh someone by the name of finn <laughs> uh I, I i love that acquisition and uh finally honestly um I was really super duper impressed that uh, Jamie Baker had the the will and strength to 
kind of open up about what he's gone through yep. uh, with the whole Headstrong series. Uh, I thought it was mm-hmm. very impactful. Uh, and I, you know, it's, it's too bad that it's taken this long for a lot of that stuff to, uh, kind of get to the forefront, but yeah, that, I, I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Actually, um, you know, cause I, um, as top, top you know, my five asshole. Absolutely, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't. Um, I, I just, uh, just on Jamie Baker, um, I've, I've been pretty open with my struggles, with my own mental health. And, uh, when I talked to him in Ottawa, um, we discussed mental health and just, Amazing, amazing human being. Um, I can't say enough good things about Jamie Baker. Yeah. We love Bake so much. Um, Give me a quick top five without, like, really thinking of it. Well, there's the game seven against Vegas. Uh, Well, that that seemed too obvious to me, but go ahead. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you can have that. Oh, bringing back Marlo. That's a nice one. Bringing back Patty. You you can talk about the, the two traits for Burns and. Maybe EK65. Um, you, you can maybe say the two Detroit series earlier in the decade. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm too angry at this team right now. I don't want to think nice thoughts. I'm sorry. I'm not okay, Thanksgiving. Thursday. I guess not this Thursday. Ian wants to bring up the reverse sweep. That's probably what it is. Oh, man. No, do not. <laughs> oh, God. He's angry, do- folks. All right. If I can add a number six, I'm just going to say it. Rafi Torres, 41 games. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Geez. Wow. Oh, man. So, all right. Well, we have, uh, let's see, a game on Friday. Uh, that's at 1 p.m. But you can join myself, AJ. I think Felix has a birthday to celebrate, too, that well, we'll celebrate it day after, but Saturday, November 30th at 5 p.m., the Sharks will take on the Coyotes, but we will be at Stuffed Pizza in the IBU Tap Room at 1426 Dempsey Road in Milpitas for a viewing party. Sharks hockey, Sharks fans, pizza, prizes, giveaway, and maybe we do After Dark from, from Milpitas. We will see. So tell us, uh, so come on over, uh, so are we that angry about uh, being eight and two in our last 10? No, I, I'm like, I'm just, this game was bad. This game was one of those games where you just, you look a lot of people, there was a lot of empty seats at the end of that game. And I don't blame a single one of them. Mm-mm. It's just one of those things. You got to remember, um, look at, and I choose to, I am not trying to like ask for sympathy or anything. I choose to do this. It is two Oh four in the morning where I live. So yeah, I'm a little crusty <laughs> about this game. He, he he can be crusty, he can be cranky. He can. It's fine. Be... I mean, look, it, I I I, I get it. People think I'm being too down. I I I apologize. Um, but it was just this game was was a tough one. Yeah. And it's a tough one, and we're going to have those. You know, Anthony saying I left after the second period. It's one of those ones where it's going to be tough. Felix post birthday celebration for me at IBU, but a celebration nonetheless. Are you even allowed to drink, Felix? I don't there know. Was, there was a lot of there was a lot more empty seats at the end than there was at the beginning. Like yeah. the end of the game looked like a Barracuda game. And, and and let's be real here: the Warriors played at home tonight in a fancy new building that might be doing things too. Along with uh, you know, there's a certain football team doing good too. No, it's it's fine. I mean, look at it, it. It is what it is. I it's being angry is my shtick. I think we have a visual representation of the Sharks trying to reach out to their fan base. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor Brody. Yeah, no worries. Look, guys, I mean, I hope that... I uh, I was able to, yeah. You know, look at. It. I mean, I I was angry, but I hope that my you know I think my analysis was fair, regardless of how annoyed I was with this game. Oh, you're, um, you're and if it wasn't, uh, you can always at you can always tweet me at Ian Blogs Hockey and tell me how terrible I am, and I will accept well, it. Chris Santa Cruz Sharks enjoyed your commentary tonight, Ian. Perfect. You know we we, you know so. Uh, Felix, I'm going to be 25, Eric. Uh, I don't like the taste of alcohol, so there's that. Well, that makes two of us, my friend. <laughs> I think you spelled 15 wrong. <laughs> Felix. Oh, boy. 
Well, in case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, check us out on TLTownUSA.com or your favorite podcast where it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and of course, always available at TLTownUSA.com. Uh, so check us out there and do us a favor, of course, hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button on the social media and everything. We do this for you. We get nothing Definitely. out of this. You know, we, we oh, uh, I'm not sure this is absolutely cathartic for me. I go to bed and sleep like a baby after this because I get it all out. Well, that's, you know, that's a good point. And, and I'll be honest, when we started this thing five years ago, I think it's helped my mental health to get get my venting out. So. That's why we do it for uh, for us. So we'll be back with you following uh, Sharks and Kings on on Friday. That's a 1 p.m. start. Uh, and then, of course, the viewing party game on Saturday at 5. But, of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, you know, uh, which is just a typical Thursday in Canada. Yeah. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving, and we want to thank each and every one of you who uh, who follow us, who support us, who've been there through the beginning, or you're just a new person. Appreciate you immensely, and thank you so much to each and every one of you. I think um, we have a visual rep- representation of how <laughs> Canada Jesus. feels about Thanksgiving in America. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, guys, I, I, you know, I like to bug you guys, but uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Please. Uh, you know, if you are going to uh, go out and enjoy the festivities, do it responsibly. Please don't drink and drive, and don't kill anyone over a stapler on Black Friday, please. Oh gosh, uh, Rob Iman, the- uh, this is in the works. Yep, that is in the works. So be on the lookout for that. So uh, if you're going to the game on Friday, uh, oh, Anthony Sanchez get uh, get a two discount for Friday's Cuda game if you're present with your. Sharks Kings ticket. So do jump not f- on that. Do not forget first 4K, first 4,000 people through the doors at the Barracuda game will receive the one one of three bobbleheads featuring T- this Ooh. one, Timo and Dell. And let's be real here. You're not going to find parking at Santana Row. You're not going to find parking at Valley Fair. For now, you'll find some parking at around the shark tank but uh I, I would say go check out some hockey why not so i'll see you at the tank on friday for sharks and kings we'll be back with you then for some afternoon delight on after dark thanks for watching have a great thanksgiving anyone be safe out there and keep it real keep it teal keep it real teal i said that a